I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and brain health expert, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast, the podcast for working moms who are feeling stressed out and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a working mom with big career dreams, I know what it's like to not have enough time in the day and to lack the skills and confidence to reach your goals. I have spent years understanding how our brains work and learning what holds us back from having the courage to reach our dreams. Each week, I'll be sharing practical strategies to help you find more time in your day, build your confidence, fight back against mom guilt, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. Hello, and welcome to the Bold Life Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Christine Roberts, who's here to share why mental roadblocks could be making you feel like you're drifting through life without direction, and how to stay focused on your goals, even when everyone around you is a negative Nancy. Christine is a success coach who partners with ambitious women to do less, be more, and create your best life using her signature GROW method. With neuroscience-based practices, Christine helps folks get unstuck and unlock their potential in all areas of their lives through coaching, a guided online course, and speaking opportunities. Christine's corporate experiences at Disney, the John Maxwell Company, and Balancing Motherhood have inspired her personal growth and leadership approach. Welcome, Christine. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much. It's great to be here, Nicole. I am super excited. So maybe can you start us off and tell us a little bit about what got you interested in working in this area? You know, I've always been a a person. I love people. Like, I am so curious about people, about human beings, like why we do what we do. And, you know, I start with myself, like being a student of me, because so many times, I don't know about you or your listeners, you do some things and then you go, what's my deal? Why am I doing that? You know, we can sabotage ourselves. We can get ourselves in situations or patterns of behavior. And you're like, why am I doing this? So um, for me, I've just always been really curious about humans and why we do what we do. I can totally relate. That is also why I went into psychology in the first place is I love understanding, you know, how our brains work, why we make the choices that we do. And yeah, just like you said, why sometimes we do these things that seem you know, out of the norm or out of character and what's going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I know one area you do a lot of work with is women who are goal-driven and who want to achieve greater things in their careers. And we talk about that a lot on this podcast. So great topic. Do you see any kind of common mental barriers that come up with your work with clients? Kind of where do we hold ourselves back? For me, it's all about our thinking. And I, as a Christian, I think about Philippians 4.8. And 4.8 is all about, you know, what we feed our minds, you know, whether things are true, whether things are noble, whether they're just, pure, lovely, of good report, you know, meditate on those things. And so our culture, we're downloaded with so much negativity and we don't even realize it. So many times, many of us can be like in a trance, you know, like we're being downloaded with all this information in our culture. And it's it's like, until we have this awareness of what we're allowing into our minds and our spirits, we can just get on autopilot. And, you know, we have 70,000 thoughts a day, which is 1.2 thoughts per second. You know, but most of our thinking is negative if you really listen to those internal voices. So I think what I observe is that when we get our thinking right, and we're feeding our minds good information, you know, positive messages and are intentional, it can shift everything. And so that's 
what I find is the is the foundational element of and and you know like you you had talked about and you know your brain. I mean, I was listening to one of your podcasts talking about our brain and our thoughts drive like we talked about feelings. Well, feelings produce different, you know, chemicals in our bodies and those chemicals affect our brains. And so it's like when we could go back to that, you know, you say healthy body breeds a healthy mind. Well, a healthy mind also breeds a healthy body. So uh, it's it's like they're all tied in together. But for me, what I've observed is is our thoughts and our how we're thinking about things. I know one thing you mentioned is is the input we get. And I know this last year has been a tough year for the input that we're getting. Everything in the media that we see with the pandemic is it's tough. It's so negative. And have you seen this at all in your work? Have you seen this with your clients, how this is impacting those thoughts? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, and you know this, our subconscious mind is programmed by three things, intensity, authoritative figure, and repetition. Intensity, authoritative figure, repetition. So that's why as kids, we're programmed 95% by the time we're seven. And so we can continue to be programmed and that's what's happening with people, it's a matter of like you're saying this past year, oh my goodness, it's it, the media and, you know, this isn't about getting into that. That's a whole nother discussion, but it's fear-based. It's a fear-based culture that we live in. And when we know that and we recognize that, what it comes down to is our personal responsibility. You know, it's about me owning my thought life and recognizing that Fear sells. I forget there's phrases in the media and news. Um, if it bleeds, it leads. I mean, things like that. When you have an awareness of that, then it's like, okay, I'm cutting all that stuff out of my mental diet. Uh, just like, you know, if we, if we just consumed McDonald's all day long, our, we'd be in terrible physical health. Same thing with our thinking. If we're consuming all this garbage, we're going to have, you know, it's, it's like, if you heard of that term, um, it's a computer term, gigo, garbage in, garbage out. It's like with our thinking, it's garbage in, garbage out. So the the main thing that I like to share with people is like raising the awareness of that. Um, and one of, in my coaching course, we have, it's called the no complaint contract. And it's really fun because it's like, you know how I, I know some friends that are even myself. I remember I was gaining weight at one point when I came to Atlanta and um, my, you know, I kept telling my friends, "Oh, I'm bloated. I'm bloated." My girlfriend's like, "You've gained weight. You're not bloated." I was, yeah. I was saying that. I said the dry cleaners are shrinking my clothes. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and my friends, you know, you've got those friends that tell like it is. She's yeah. my friend's an attorney and a professor. She's like, "You're not bloated. You've gained weight." Well, when I started paying attention, like what I was actually eating, yeah, that's why I gained weight. And it's the same thing with with our thoughts. So the no complaint contract is a contract with ourselves not to complain for 30 days. And it's amazing how much we complain. And complaining is just finding the negative and, and just complaining about stuff that doesn't we can't control. Now, I want to just place a distinction here. It's if you if you get your burger at a restaurant and it's cold, you still send your burger back and, right. and you have it done properly. The difference is like sitting there keeping your burger and complaining about it. So um, I've had so many clients when they do the no complaint contract and it elevates their awareness to complaining and myself included, you know, I think I'm a positive person. And then 
I did, you know, I do the contract with, with my clients and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I find myself tempted to complain a lot. And then I have to catch myself and, and create, um, you know, strategies for shifting my thinking. I really like that. I'm reading this book right now. It's called The Big Leap. I can't remember who the author is offhand, but he talks about trying to go a day without judging. And it's the same idea, right? Is that our brains are quick to go into that judgment of others, but also of ourselves too, right? And just by paying attention to how much we're complaining or criticizing or how often our thoughts go to that negative can really put that into perspective. Mm, so much, you know, working. So I had worked, as you mentioned in the bio, um, I was a leadership consultant with the John Maxwell company. So I work with organizations implementing leadership strategies. And then also most recently, I worked in the advisory group with Disney. And, you know, with that position, I worked with companies taking the Disney approach to culture. So employee engagement, leadership, quality service, how Disney creates the magic and helping companies apply that in their business. And one of the things that we would talk about from a leadership perspective is one of the key components of success for anyone is self-awareness. When we can step back and pay attention to what we're thinking about and why we're thinking about it and have self-awareness, then you can be a great leader. And you know, the definition of leader in our business was leadership is influence. People will, a lot of times we would have people in, in um, events and they'd say, oh, I'm not a leader because my title is, you know, it, you know, whatever clerk, right? Everyone is a leader because we all influence other people. And so when you think in terms of thought life and how we act and how we think and what we do, that's really important because as a leader, as an influencer of other people, whether it's our children, our spouse, our sisters, our neighbor, um, anyone, we all influence other people. Uh, having that self-awareness is so important. And it's something that we, you know, it's like an ebb and a flow, I think, because I think that sometimes we can just get into a negative state and it's like you got to kind of snap out of it. And that's when we're feeling stuck. And, it, and that's where you're stepping back and saying, okay, I got to snap out of it. And that's where the self-awareness comes in. Right. I really like that idea of self-awareness. And I know one thing that comes up a lot for folks um, in my community is this idea that once we get to a certain point, once I am successful, once I get that job, once I lose the weight, I'm just going to all of a sudden have this confidence and those doubts and those insecurities aren't going to be there. That's, I know that's not true. It sounds like from your experience, that's not true as well. Can you talk about that? Oh my goodness, that Nicole, that is you hit the nail on the head. I I was in fact listening to your podcast earlier. Um those are such lies that we tell ourselves that you know, we've evolved. And it is a ongoing journey for for you, for me, for whoever's listening. It is an ongoing journey. It is where every single day we have to make the choice. You have to make the choice to live on purpose and to be intentional with your thinking and just give yourself grace. You know, that's one thing that I feel like, you know, for myself many times, it's like giving yourself grace because life is just ups and downs. And one minute you can feel like you got it all together and then man, something happens and, and you're, you don't. And so you know, one of the things as a perfect, you know, as a perfectionist, as a, 
I don't even know. I, I really didn't think I was a perfectionist until I keep listening to stuff. And this is the whole self-awareness. I'm going, right. I'm not a perfectionist because I, you know, I um, like I just do stuff. But then I, I don't know, part of it working at Disney and with John Maxwell, like I've worked at places where everything is done with such excellence that for me doing output as an entrepreneur, I feel like it's got to be so polished and and perfect but then you get stalled out and you get stuck. And so, you know, for anyone out there, it really, it's a constant, it's just a constant journey. And it's recognizing every day that these, you know, these are the good old days. This, you know, when you accomplish something and you look back, the process and the journey is the awesome part. So trying to remember that when you're in it, like this is the journey and I need to appreciate all the lessons and, and be grateful for all of the struggles because you're learning and growing. And it's like called failing forward. Like if you screw up, that's okay. You learn something, fail forward. And I, I think that can be really tough for a lot of folks. I am also a recovering perfectionist. So I know <laughs> that is something that I have always struggled with is I always want to do it right and do it the right way. And I know that that's my own internal standard. I know no one else is putting this on me. I'm doing it myself. But do you have any strategies or tips for folks who are kind of stuck in that rut of how to find that self-awareness and to keep failing forward and keep moving? I think part of that is just getting clarity of what you want to accomplish. And then backing into that, it's, it's really a process. So it's like figuring out what is it that you want Having a filter of how you make decisions, one of the things that I talk about is, you know, learning to say no. What I've observed in myself is that I will pile on more and more stuff. And I had gone through a season where um, I was so maxed out. I was working all the time. Our kids, I, our kids are 15 and 17 now. And at the time they were 10 and 12. I was you know, they had sports. Um, I'm working. I got to figure out dinner. It's like life just felt like such a grind. And everybody would ask me to do things because I get stuff done. And I've learned that, um, you know, they say, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. But I learned and, and you know, I have this superwoman um, complex that I can't say no. However, I came to a point where I literally had bulging discs in my neck, like such tension. Cause you know, you talk about your body is talking to you and I had real epiphany. And so something we did that we'll maybe we, on another podcast, we'll talk about at that time we sold our house. I told my husband, I can't live like this anymore. And if you want to get your husband or spouse's attention, you tell him that. And, yeah. um, you know, I wasn't wanting to get divorced, but I was like, on paper, we have everything. We have the big house, the fancy cars, all this abundance, but life stinks. And so we ended up selling our house, our cars, gave away most of our stuff, and we bought a 38-foot RV and a Jeep, and we traveled America for a year. My husband and I worked on the road. We had a network on board. The kids did the K-12 Georgia Cyber Academy, and you know we traveled America for a year. And so it, at that time, it was like, I'm not going to keep living, you know, there's another Romans 12 too, like do not conform to the ways of this world. We can all create our best life. And I took the word busy out of my vocabulary because I said, I'm fed up with myself. I'm sick of hearing myself say I'm busy. 
And, you know, a friend of mine told me, she goes, when people say they're busy, it's like they're being a victim of themselves because you have control over your life. Yes. Stop being so busy. And that was such an epiphany. And Mm -hmm. so for me and for clients, it's figuring out what is your priorities, what's your value system, and having a filter of how you make decisions and figuring out what to say no to. And there's a book called by Lisa Turkhurst called The Best Yes. Okay. And I think the tough thing is there's lots of things that are really cool and awesome. You know, I'd been asked to be on the board for a couple of different organizations. And it was so tempting to me as a, you know, overachiever kind of person. And it sounded really prestigious and cool. And I thought, I sat down and I wrote out all the things that I do and what my priorities were, are with my family and and having bandwidth. And I just was like, I can't add more to my plate. I mean, it's a no for now, but not a no forever. In this season, it's a no. So I think giving people permission to say no and having a filter of how you make decisions so that you can be proactive in making decisions as opposed to just reacting and saying yes to everything. Right. I really like that strategy you mentioned too, of actually sitting down and writing out everything you're doing in the day. I think your story is super common where I hear this all the time, especially from, you know, high achieving women who are like, you know, I get up and I make breakfast and I get my kids to school and then I work for 10 hours and then we go to soccer and then we go to this meeting and then I make supper and then, 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 and then, and then, and then, right. And when you actually sit down and write out how much you're doing during the day, it can be really eye-opening. Like, oh my goodness, I actually do all this stuff. No wonder I'm exhausted. No wonder I'm burnt out at the end of the day. I think that's a great place to start. And then like you said, what on that list is actually my values and my priorities? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and that's the key. And, and you know, I think it goes back to that, what we were just saying a few minutes ago, giving yourself grace. So anyone listening, give yourself grace. It's okay to say no and say no with conviction. Like, Or, you know, no, right now I can't, there was something that I, there was like a visual that I had heard or read somebody speak about. And they're talking about a bookcase, like you've got a bookcase, right? And it's got all these different books on it. And then, you know, you get a new book. Well, you got to take a book out to fit that other one in. And, And then like in our life, it's looking at what you've got on your plate. And if you're going to add something, something's got to come off and, and thinking of it that way. Uh, because so many of you overachiever women that are listening, I guarantee that you're you're the same way. Like you are awesome and you can get so much more done than most people. So you just say, why not? Just let me do it. However, you don't want to do things at the expense of yourself and your family. And for me, it's God, <laughs> family, work. And that's my priorities. And you know, not to say that there's not seasons where maybe you've got a project and you got to get it done, but it cannot be a norm. You cannot have that as a norm. Yeah. And I think that's a trap that a lot of us fall into, right? As we say like, oh, I'm just going to work late for this project. And then it's six months later and we're still working weekends and we're still staying up late and not prioritizing ourselves. So I think that's a really important distinction you made of like, this is a short-term shift in my priorities, but it's not a long-term shift. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think I think a challenge can be as well when you're in the corporate environment when you get a lot done, people keep giving you more and more. Yes. And then you feel like you can't say no. And so I think the key is figuring out boundaries. Um, I was just having a conversation with a friend who literally, it's been a year. They started a new position with the company. And of course, 
you know, when you start new, you got to figure things out. Yeah, you got to work more because and then your parent, you know, you really want to prove yourself. And that yeah. goes back to really there's a root of this of being thinking, you know, being worthy. Right. A lot of times we become people pleasers and we kill ourselves because we're trying to prove something. And it's a deeper issue about our our worthiness that stems from, you know, other stuff that's happened in our lives a lot of times. And this person was telling me, and and I'm observing this person, and I'm going, you know, everything that they do, there's never enough time allotted. And then you're, if you're that person, you get a project, and your company says, okay, here's this project. I want this done in a week. And it's really a three-week project, but you're trying to jam in a week of getting it done. And you're working a gazillion hours, and then they add something else to your plate, but you feel bad because you didn't finish it and you're still trying to get that done plus the additional stuff. And it becomes a way of life where the, you know, there's, there's a saying like expectations, you know, disappointment, frustration, anxiety, a lot of these things. It's the difference between reality and expectations. Right. So the bigger the gap between what, what the reality is and what the expectations are, that gap determines your level of frustration, disappointment, anxiety, feeling less than. And so with, you know, in situations, it's figuring out setting boundaries around, you know, work. And, um, and that's really hard because when you're, when you're out there in the workplace, sometimes you feel like, if I don't do this, you know, what if they're going to fire me? Like people get really worried about that. Mm -hmm. And I, and, you know, uh, what I have found is it's more, it can be more work initially, but it's a matter of figuring out, uh, like tracking your time and kind of getting realistic timelines of what it takes to do something. Um, I worked with a young lady who was so awesome with that. Her name was Kathy. And, you know, our company was notorious for piling like four people's jobs on each of us. She got so good at allocating, you know, figuring out how much time things took. And when they added something else, she would say, here's my spreadsheet of projects. Here's how long I'm spending here. Um, This is the time you wanted me here. This is the priority. Now, if you want me to do that, absolutely. What's going to come off my plate? What, What can get moved? And really, a lot of times, leaders, managers... They may not even realize it's an innocent thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't really understand how much time it takes. So it's almost like like training your your boss on what the reality is. Yeah, and I really like that idea too of having that visual representation, right? Because I think that's going to make it sink in even more for our employers. Of like, here is my time in my schedule. You know, where can I find this? It helps you keep on track because our brains love those visuals, and it's going to help others really understand how much time. You're spending on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's <laughs> figuring out our how to allocate our time is so important. One thing I also wanted to ask you about is I know we've talked a little bit about people that put too much pressure on us in our lives, but we also sometimes have those people who are really negative, who, you know, we say we're going to try something new or we're going to do something different. And they're, you know, those Debbie Downers who are like, oh, that's not going to work out. That's wasting your time. Any suggestions on what to do in those situations? Mm, Yes. (laughs) So there's this philosophy. It's called the two-day person, 
the two-hour person and the two-minute person. And so picture this, picture a circle and inside of that circle is a bunch of dots and all of the dots inside of that circle represent the people in your life. Now, underneath the circle are three buckets. You've got the two-minute bucket, the two-hour bucket, and the two-day bucket. You want to make sure all of those dots, all of those people are going into the correct bucket. And so when you get around, when you think about two, two-minute people are the people that do that, right? The negative Debbie Downer people. And they just might be in a negative state and that's fine. However, you don't want to be around toxic people that are crushing your dreams. The two, the two day people, the two day people that are the people that encourage you, that lift you up, that are doing great things, that are making things happen that you want to, you know, aspire to be. Those are the people that we want to spend our majority of our time with. So everybody right. on this podcast who's listening to this podcast, you are a two-day person. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. So it's about that intentionality, right? Take a look and think about who you are around. Um, because it is so important. If you have big dreams, you do not want to be around two-minute people because they will squelch your dreams. And, and it's knowing that. And, and, you know, like when, for example, when we traveled America, that was a big dream. And until yeah. you're far down the road of making it happen, holy smokes. I mean, I, in my life, I actually didn't go to college. My parents divorced. So you're supposed to go to college. I was very, I became very successful in my job. Nobody did realize I didn't go to college. Um, but I wanted a degree for me and I ended up being the first person accepted into the executive MBA program at Georgia State University, which was at the time one of the top 20 in the world. Fantastic. And that's a whole nother story, which we could go talk about another time. But um, I was very, I didn't tell hardly anybody about that because people said to me, oh, I didn't know you could get an MBA without an undergrad. And I said, well, right. you know, I'm the first person who did it. And it's like anybody that you would tell, they go, oh, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So I would tell anyone out there, whoever you are, you've got big dreams. I know that if you're listening to this, you have big dreams. And if you've got a promise on your heart, it is there for a reason. You are meant to do whatever that is, and you are equipped to do whatever it is. And so that whole feed your mind, good stuff, you know, whatever that promise is on your heart, you get around people that are doing that type of thing and talking to them, people that have been successful in that area. Listen to podcasts, read books, turn off, turn off all the garbage. Do not allow garbage into your mind because you are capable of being whatever it is you want to be. And I always say the saying is, you know, where you came from or where you are today does not define who you can be or what you can achieve in your life. So sit down and get intentional about who you're hanging with. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I love those examples you gave too of ways to find those people because I think that's something that we sometimes struggle with, right? We say like everyone in our life isn't doing what we're doing, right? They don't have the same goals as me, my friends, my family, you know, first person to go to college or whatever in your family. And it's hard, but there are other ways to find those mentors and supports, whether it's reading books or listening to podcasts or seeking out that education is a great way to find those two-day people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it. Thanks so much for being here with us today, Christine. This was a great conversation. Oh my gosh. It's so fun talking to you. If folks want to learn more about you, where should they go? 
Yes. So check out my website. It's Christine M for Marie Roberts, Christine M Roberts. And I actually have a really fun mindset quiz um, on my website, which really helps to give you a benchmark of where you are with your thinking. And so I would definitely encourage you to go check it out. Um, I'm also on all the social media platforms. So just Christine M Roberts. And um, yeah, reach out. Would love to to connect with any anybody that's out there. Fantastic. I'll put all those links to your website and to your social media accounts in the show notes as well. So folks can just click on them to find you. That sounds great. Well, thanks again for being here. And thanks everyone for listening. That's a wrap for today. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and you're listening to the Bold Life Podcast. Thank you.